Sales and marketing want to be aligned. It's, it's been spoken about so frequently, we obviously all want it to happen, but for some reason, we just all aren't finding that nirvana where we're aligned. So what is driving that misalignment? Um, and what harm can it have on the company? It really helps, uh, if we're not aligned, it's gonna slow down our sales cycles, it's gonna increase costs, and it's gonna create that tension. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the B2B MX Podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Tirico, and yeah, baby, we're in season five, episode two, and it's so great to be back. This week's episode is another replay from our B2B sales and marketing exchange. The event was actually in person in Boston, and honestly, I can't stop talking about it because it was just so awesome to see so many great speakers and B2B marketing and sales practitioners networking and taking the stage and presenting live to a live audience. So now I'm even more excited for the B2B marketing exchange in Scottsdale this February to do it all over again and not have to do it in front of a computer screen. So I specifically wanted to put this session on our podcast roster because not only was it an extremely valuable presentation on sales and marketing alignment, it was also one of my colleagues' favorite sessions from the event. I kind of went around and asked some people, you know, in the office as I was prepping the agenda for our podcast this season. And my colleague, Kelly, who is the managing editor at Demand Gen Report and just started earlier this year, uh, had said that this one specifically was her absolutely favorite session from the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. So I took her word for it. And here we are. Uh, the session right here is from our friends at Qualified. Um, because, you know, you know, going back a little bit, the dynamic between sales and marketing, it can be pretty complicated, right? You know, especially when everyone is focused on different goals. So you have marketing on one side is, you know, really working hard to drive leads while sales is on the other side just really focused on closing business. But you know what happens when those targets get missed, right? Everyone starts pointing fingers and it's just not a pretty picture. So in the session, Sarah McConnell, who is the VP of Demand Gen at Qualified, took the B2B SMX stage to share five valuable tips to help break down barriers between your teams so they can operate more efficiently and drive more revenue for your business. That's the holy grail right there and Sarah's got it, all right? So please check it out. It's an awesome session. Uh, she covers everything from why your website is in is the make it or break it point for marketing and sales alignment to how to staff and incentivize your sales and marketing team to see pipeline and revenue skyrocket. So again, awesome, awesome session. So I'm going to stop talking and roll the tape. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, first, thank you for being here. I know we're ending towards the end of the day of a three-day conference, so I know probably a lot of us are, are feeling a little fatigued. So I appreciate you being here. I'm going to try to make it quick, tactful, like tactical, helpful for everyone here, answer questions. First and foremost, my name is Sarah McConnell, uh, VP of Demand Genet Qualified. We are a conversational sales and marketing tool purpose-built for Salesforce. Um, and a little bit about the session, from stage one to closed one, um, focusing on sales and marketing alignment. Um, I feel like this has been a pretty common theme throughout the conference. 
And I feel like the, the title kind of explains it. I feel like marketing is typically held accountable for that stage one, driving that new business for the company. And sales is typically focused on that closed one, driving revenue. So how do we start to align those two and bring them together so that both teams are feel, felt like they're driving for both of these outcomes, which are both beneficial to the business? So quick agenda with that being said, introduction, feel like I got that out of the way. Why is there friction? So what's setting the stage for this? Why do we need this sales and marketing alignment? And what's currently giving you barriers to hitting that sales and marketing alignment? Second are the five tips. How are we gonna break down those barriers? What have we done at Qualified? What are things that we've seen that have helped break down those barriers? And last, just a few customer success stories. What is Qualified? How can we help? Quick introduction, which I already did for myself. You will see this handsome gentleman on the uh, other side of the screen here, Chris Woods. He's an A at my company, was supposed to join me, but his wife is currently having a baby, so a pretty good excuse to not be here. So y'all are stuck with just me today, and hopefully I can still help speak very closely to this. I work really closely with Chris and our entire sales organization, so um, hopefully I can still give justice to that sales side for those of us in the audience that are more on that sales focus. So first and foremost, why is there friction? Um, just a quick show of hands, sorry, I know it's the end of the day and we hate being forced to engage, but who here is on the marketing side of things at their company? So most everyone, what about sales? Oh, you're really outnumbered. <laughs> um, so a few things, why, why is this dynamic between sales and marketing? It's really a tale as old as time. Again, we've heard it throughout the conference. Sales and marketing want to be aligned. It's, it's been spoken about so frequently, we obviously all want it to happen, but for some reason, we just all aren't finding that nirvana where we're aligned. So what is driving that misalignment? Um, and what harm can it have on the company? It really helps, uh, if we're not aligned, it's gonna slow down our sales cycles. It's gonna increase costs and it's gonna create that tension. There was a recent study done that found there's two main reasons we're not seeing that alignment between sales and marketing. The first is economic friction. That means budget, headcount. So when you're looking at marketing and sales, there can be friction between the two teams when one's getting more budget or one's getting more headcount than the other and you're not feeling this alignment from an economic perspective. And the second and I think the most important one is cultural friction, which is performance-based. These two teams are being held accountable to two very different KPIs metrics and that is creating a ton of misalignment between the teams. So how can we start to resolve those issues and bring these teams closer together? So tip one, maybe. First and foremost is aligning sales and marketing around the same KPIs. This is a particular topic that is very near and dear to my heart for a few reasons. I've worked at enough companies where marketing is asked to generate leads, MQLs, leads, MQLs, leads, MQLs. We've all heard it, we've all been there. And I've always told my bosses, I can do that for you. Now, are they gonna be good, high quality leads? We'll see, but I can give you leads. And then we've all heard the marketing teams or the sales team say, you're giving me a bunch of leads at the top of my funnel, they're not ready, they're not converting, stop. Stop sending me bad leads. So you're getting these conflicting KPIs coming from your executive team. So we went through sort of this motion when I started at Qualified, we were still a very early stage company, so we had a lot of opportunity to test and grow and iterate. And what we found was that aligning the two teams around KPIs that brought the teams together, and more importantly, focused on a better buyer's journey. So not only do we want the teams aligned, but we found when we created this alignment through KPIs, if we focused on those measurements that made sure our buyers felt like they were being heard and they were getting a good experience, that made the teams feel like they were doing a good job. So what that looks like for us, marketing cares about pipeline. Of course, marketing cares about pipeline. Leads, MQLs, all those things still matter to us, but the main metric that we measure ourselves on is pipeline. But we also are measured on revenue, so we also wanna make sure that the pipeline we're driving is high quality and it's coming out in revenue on the other side. 
But with that also being said, we're holding our sales team, our SDR teams, our BDR team, to the same pipeline goals. So we don't just want them focused on that output of revenue, we want them to care about driving pipeline for the company as well. The goal of this is try to alleviate that idea of like sales is driving all of this business and marketing is driving business top of funnel and then sales is only focused on the output of revenue and trying to bring them closer together. The other thing we look at is like KPIs email outreach. So I work very closely with our SDR team and we actually comp, this is sort of a, a viewpoint of how we comp our teams on their like commission. And some of those KPIs I haven't seen at other companies, which is things like email outreach. If our sales team is following up on leads from us and they're sending emails to people, we want to see very high open rates, click-through rates, very low unsubscribe rates. And we care so much about it that their commission is based on those numbers. And we just started to roll this out in the last couple of months and seen a lot of success from it. And we found that it pushes our sales team to create more thoughtful, personalized content. Then it also pushes the marketing team when we work very closely with them and they're saying, the leads you're giving me, they're not opening my emails, they're not engaging, and that's the cue to the marketing team that, hey, we need to focus on something else, we need to bring you leads that are more engaged and ready to convert. So again, the teams are held responsible to these same KPIs, and we've found that's helped bring the teams a little bit closer together. I should also say, as I go through these slides, if you have questions on them, please be interactive, raise your hands, I'm happy to stop and answer questions as we go, or you can hold them to the end. The next one here is your attribution model. So sort of in line with those same KPI idea, and this doesn't mean multi-touch attribution, first touch attribution, last touch attribution, although I'm sure as marketers we care a lot about this and we hear about this a lot. This means more, as you're looking at attribution of how your company is succeeding, is there ways to drive more alignment between the two teams by bringing those metrics together? So it mentions here on the slide, on average it's gonna take eight touches to generate a lead and get them into a sales cycle on any given business cycle. It's never one touch point. Yet we find a lot of times companies still measure and hold their teams accountable to that singular touch point and that's how they're measuring success. One of the things that we've done at Qualified and that we actually really encourage our customers to do is combine their marketing and sales pipeline and we call them horsemen at our company. We say like as our pipeline comes into the company we have a marketing and sales horseman, referral, partner, every company's got a few different ones. But when I first started at Qualified we had our marketing horsemen and we had our sales horsemen. And what we found is when we looked at those numbers, it created a lot of finger pointing. Well, marketing came and said, we drove this, this pipeline. We go through every week, we look at our pipeline and marketing says, they clicked an ad, they came through and they converted. But then my sales team says, hey, I actually outbounded them three weeks before that. I got them engaged first. I want that pipeline. That's my number. Took about two months of this and we went, nope, scrap it. <laughs> this isn't gonna work for us. This is creating a lot of tension. So we said, if we know that there's eight touch points at any given time to get this person in a sales cycle, why would we force these two teams to be separate and siloed? Let's bring them together and measure them together. Now again, that isn't to say that we don't do attribution. Like any normal company, we still wanna know what those touch points are. We still wanna know what's driving them through the funnel. But when we're looking at that outcome of pipeline and revenue, marketing and sales are just one cohesive measurement. We've been doing this for about eight months and we've found that it's really helped alleviate any of that tension between the teams. We'll get into meetings, we'll look at pipeline, if there's any rumblings of who started to drive it, even at the executive level, we just say, nope, doesn't matter. Sales and marketing is doing their job. Marketing drove leads to the website. They're doing their jobs through campaigns. Sales converted them. They outbounded to them. They showed intent. As we move into more ABM, this is exactly what we want and what we're looking for. So again, attribution model is more, how can you start to measure those teams together for the outcomes that matter for your company? Third tip, get everyone speaking the same language. This was a really big one that we went through. Um, this isn't just to say, 
this can go for anything at the company. So the first thing we did was target accounts. When I started at Qualified, there was 15 of us, and my CEO said, we need an account-based marketing strategy. And I giggled and I said, no way, we're way too small. And then what I found out was that we actually did need an account-based marketing model because we had very specific companies we're trying to sell into, and we wanted to make sure we were driving pipeline and revenue from those companies and being a small team with very minimal resources, wasting our time on companies that weren't the right fit for us was not a good use of our time. Now, that didn't mean we needed to go invest dollars in a platform, although we did later on down the road. We invested in an ABM platform. It meant more getting everyone on the same page around what are our segments, what is our ICP, and who are we going after? And that started with naming conventions, and it sounds so simple, but it made a huge difference at our company. We went through and tiered out our target accounts and said, these are the accounts that we wanna go after, here's who we wanna focus on, and we tiered them out by companies, or employee size, and we gave them names like bronze, silver, gold, diamond, platinum. Again, seems very simple, but what that meant is as we had meetings every week with marketing and sales, if someone said, oh yeah, that was a great campaign, I drove 10 net new uh, deals with diamond accounts, that instantly in everyone's mind said, oh, those are large accounts, those are the enterprise accounts, those are where we wanna focus. And it was just a very simple way for us to engage and converse with each other and know that we were driving alignment together. We put it in our CRM instance. So now every account that's in our instance has those naming conventions to them so I can pull reports and I can see how much pipeline are we driving from these tiers how much revenue are we driving from them? What are the touch points? So getting everyone on the same page. The second thing was campaigns. And again, I remember when we first started going through this exercise, it seemed very simple, but making sure we reinforce the names and the language around campaigns so that marketing could very easily tell the sales team, we are launching this campaign, here's what it is, here's the name of it. We could communicate, it up, we could communicate about it in Slack, email, virtually, whatever it was and everyone knew exactly what we were talking about, and it really helped get the teams on the same page. There's been instances where I forgot how important this was, and we've launched campaigns without really communicating to the team what the campaign is, the name of it, and really like reinforcing that nomenclature for them. And you can see the confusion, especially in a virtual world where I'm getting slacks. Sarah, what launched? What is this? Who is it targeting? Who is it for? So we've done a really, we've made a really concise effort at the company to make sure whatever we are doing how we speak about it is very consistent across our teams and everyone is bought in, whether it's from our CRO and our CMO all the way down to our SDRs that are out running those campaigns. This one, again, seems very simple, but have found that it is highly important and that's scheduling regular syncs to foster communication. Now, I remember going through and launching Target Account ABM and I actually went through a really good training session and they said, align with marketing and sales, have consistent meetings together and speak with each other and that was true, but what we found is after we launched our target account program or our ABM program, all of that communication sort of started to falter off. So everyone was like, yes, we got marketing and sales alignment. We met every week and everyone agrees these are our target accounts and who we wanna go after. And then after we started, the communication stopped. So trying to bring those teams together, I feel very strongly that means everyone from both teams as much as possible meeting. So for example, on our team, I meet with our BDR team on a weekly basis. We have a standing meeting an hour long every week, and it is a chance for that team who's on the front lines driving business for us. Almost 80% of our pipeline goes through our BDR team, whether it's from inbound or outbound, to tell me what they think. And I don't think we gave them enough opportunities to do that, and I don't think, I think we took advantage of how much, we, we were taking advantage of how much information they had and how much wealth of knowledge they had. So I meet with them weekly just to ask, this campaign I'm running, 
anecdotally, how is it doing? I can pull data, I can pull reports, and I can look and point at numbers and say, I think it's doing well, but they're the ones on the front line that are saying, nope, I, you know, we're seeing a really high volume of stuff come to the website and nothing's happening with it. Or alternatively, we're driving not a ton of traffic, but they are all converting at a really high rate. So that weekly meeting for me is one of my most important meetings. My CRO attends it. Our director of revenue ops attends that meeting. And it's an hour-long chance just for our BDRs to just give us gut feedback on how things are going. And that's been vastly important to us. If I have to move meeting, meetings around in my schedule, that is the last meeting that I will move. Um, and I really found that it helped us improve our product and our processes, giving a voice to that team who I sometimes think at larger companies gets a little bit overlooked in how impactful they are for the business. Then last but not least, I'd be remiss given what we do as a company to not mention this. Um, conversational sales and marketing. One of the biggest use cases that we give to companies is helping with marketing and sales alignment and it looks something like this. In the old world, we used to, marketing still does this, everything we do drives traffic to our website. You run ads, you go to events, you have a CTA button, usually the place you're going to send them is somewhere on your website to go find more information. Now you send all that traffic, you're doing target account, ABM, they get to your website, they're going to sort of self-select and move themselves around on your website. What's the only way they can get a hold of you? Fill out a form. Now we've done a lot of work and I think between technology, everything, we've done a good job of being able to shorten forms so they're not as cumbersome as maybe they used to be. But there's still a process of sending someone to your website, crossing your fingers, please dear God, let them go fill out that form, and then tossing the leads over to your sales team and letting them work them. Now, sometimes when companies are really good at this and they've gotten their processes really ironed out, that lead follow-up time from form to follow-up can take a couple hours, which is still good. I think industry average is 42 hours, so a couple hours is still good. But 40% of the people that fill out a form on average still ghost your company and don't respond. So they come, they show interest, Two hours later, you follow up and your sales team, your BDRs are so pumped and they reach out and they're like, hey, I, I saw you wanted a demo, silence. They follow up, they put them in the sequence, it's still silence, it's still silence. And it's something about, they had interest in that moment, they were on your website, and now that they've left, they've gone somewhere else, they've sort of lost interest. Where conversational sales and marketing comes in is it's giving your sales team an opportunity to have conversations instantly in real time when they're showing interest. So I want you to think about where we spend our time nowadays and where I spend a lot of my time and how instant the gratification is that you want. You go to Netflix, everything that's shown to you is something personalized for you. You go to your Amazon cart, everything is personalized for you. And it's instant. When you go to Netflix, you can watch something right here, right now. You don't have to wait. Everything is instant. So I think from a B2C perspective, we consumers have really been taught to expect this instant gratification. And as always, the B2B model has been a little bit slow to catch up to that model. So with conversational sales and marketing, you can start to shorten that time from hours to seconds for follow-up when someone wants to speak with your company. And you can have a really personalized conversation. So you can start to have it in real time and catch them when that interest is there. And I think that's highly important. With that said, I'm just gonna show you two quick examples of what that looks like. Too fast. There we go. So this is the current process, which we kind of just talked about. People come in, drive traffic, fill out form, follow up, cross fingers, hope for the best. With something like a conversational sales and marketing platform, you can alert your account owners, 
lead owners, contact owners, anything that's within your CRM system, specifically for us at Salesforce, when something they own is on the website. So that to me means, I'm gonna use Chris Woods, who is a soon to be father as my example, because he's an aider company. He has a very specific set of target accounts that he's trying to break into. We have them annotated in Salesforce. We know this is owned by Chris Woods. We know it's a very important target 20 account that's in our diamond tier. Someone from that account comes to our website. We wanna tell Chris, hot, 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 drop everything that you're doing, except when your wife is having a baby. You probably shouldn't do it then, she'll kill you. Uh, and have a conversation with this account. You wanna jump on the site and you wanna start to have a conversation. So instant alerts, we do Slack, voice, email alerts and let them jump in and have that conversation when someone's showing interest. And that's real-time engagement. That can be done through chat, which is kind of demonstrated here. You know, welcome, how can I help you? I'm your dedicated account rep. This isn't like I own, I'm working with you, I've been talking to other people on your team, I have intimate knowledge to your account, what you guys are needed to do, your pain points and how I can help. We even have voice calls on the platform. So if the conversation starts to get a little bit more nuanced, you're starting to have a lot deeper of a conversation, it feels like it can turn into an opportunity. You can write them through the platform itself and say, hey, do you wanna just jump on a call right now? I have a few other questions I wanna ask you and, and get you some more information. Why don't we jump on a call and you can have that call right in the platform. So from a marketing perspective, going back and bringing everything back to this marketing and sales alignment, this benefits marketing because I've seen firsthand, it allows me to prove value from the campaigns I'm running. I know I've felt it, so I'm gonna assume some of you have as well. There's nothing more demoralizing than spending a bunch of money on campaigns that you know are really great, you've done your research, you've AB tested the heck out of it. You know what messaging your ICP wants to hear and you're sending a bunch of traffic to your website but you're not getting form fills and your boss comes to you and is like, how's it performing? And you're like, click-through rates are awesome. Website traffic is up, like everything feels good but I'm not getting pipeline and I'm not getting leads out of it. So something like this can allow you to start driving more leads because you're not relying on that form fill to happen and you can work closely with your BDR team because they're the ones that are working, they're on the other end of it. You can either use chatbots to do lead generation, a little qualification if someone's anonymous, or you can have a sales team, like we have our BDR team or SDR team sit with qualified all day open, and they can have conversations with those high quality visitors. So they're helping me prove value from my marketing campaigns. And on the reverse, I get to talk to my sales team and they go, I converted six leads today, I have opportunities, I'm getting my commission, because really, as a salesperson, we know that's what they care about. They wanna make their commission, and we wanna help them make that commission. So if they can have good conversations and turn opportunities faster, they feel like marketing is working for them and with them. They're actually driving leads to the site that have high intent and want to convert into opportunities. So that's sort of where we've seen a lot of alignment from our teams and we've actually worked backwards from the five tips that I gave where we started knowing that this conversational sales and marketing tool would help us and started to work backwards and talk about aligning the teams, having more consistent meetings. It made us readdress how we did our pipeline attribution and combining those two horsemen to sales and marketing and readjusting all of our KPIs to make sure we were giving a good customer experience. So mainly I wanna focus on that marketing and sales alignment. Obviously conversational sales and marketing is a key piece for us, but that's just one part of it. So with that being said, I wanna make sure I leave enough time for any questions. Does anybody have any questions on any of the five tips, conversational sales and marketing, anything along those lines? and I'm trying to go to the next slide, but it won't let me, which is just a thank you, and if you have questions, please ask them. 
oh, bless you guys, it is three o'clock. <laughs> you guys are like, get me out of here. Okay, well, if there's any questions, I'm gonna hang around afterwards. I'm happy to answer questions about anything. Um, if you wanna learn a little bit more, you can go to qualified.com backslash B2B SMX. You can see it firsthand. I can almost guarantee if you come during business hours, someone on my sales team is gonna try to have a conversation with you and you can tell them what sent you. Um, and if you find me on LinkedIn, I'm always happy to chat. Anything conversational marketing to target accounts, I would love to connect with all of you. Otherwise, thank you so much for your time. I hope you guys have had a great conference and come chat with me after. All right, folks, that's a wrap on Sarah. Uh, big shout out to Kelly for this suggestion. It was definitely a great session. I think conversational marketing is such a great tool to, to help really create pipeline and accelerate deals. And Sarah's examples were really eye-opening and really cool. So I hope you get the opportunity to leverage it in your own strategies. So you could expect more actionable sessions like this on the podcast this season. So be sure to subscribe to the pod so you don't miss any new episodes. Uh, you could do it right on any podcast player of your choice. And of course, catch us on Twitter and LinkedIn to share feedback and let us know who else you want to hear from on this podcast. Thanks again for joining me on the B2BMX podcast today. Hope you all have a great rest of your week and I will catch you next time. Bye.